Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Windstar Cruises. As you pin down your New Year's resolutions, make 2024 the year of extraordinary experiences with Windstar Cruises. Sail on board their boutique all-sweet yachts or iconic sailboats to the picturesque corners of Europe, the Caribbean, Tahiti, and beyond. Immerse yourself in port-intensive itineraries, exceptional service, and an innovative culinary program curated by the official cruise line of the James Beard Foundation. For a voyage that's not just a journey, but a masterpiece like no other, choose Windstar Cruises. Contact your travel advisor today or visit windstarcruises.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, December 26th. Happy Travel Tuesday and happy holidays. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and we've got New Year's Eve coming up. Maybe you've got some travel plans. We've got a fun show for you today. Joining me on the show now is Ryan Donchez of VIP Vacations. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, thank you for having me. And it's been quite a 2023, so it's going to be fun to look back at some of the big stories and, and maybe an outlook on 2024 as well. Indeed, yes. A little bit different show than normal, so we're going to be recapping um, the year that it was, and it was quite a wild one. You know, we'll be talking big travel storylines from 2023, naughtiest travelers, crazy client requests too, coming up later in the in the show, which is always fun. Uh, but man, what a year it was, Ryan. What what stood out to you as the biggest story in the travel industry for you as a travel advisor? I think the biggest story in general is just that travel is back and it was coming back in 2022 uh, but different destinations really took off different travel styles really took off in 2023 but the just the general resurgence in travel is, is my big story and primarily the the europe market uh europe was off the charts um greece italy france all, all the countries uh in, in general in europe were, were pretty big and cruising cruising was huge this year um there's many reasons for that uh we, we can touch on that later if we want but um the cr- cruising was really popular and i'm talking ocean liners i'm talking smaller cruise ocean liners as well as even river cruising um through europe but also asia south america even the united states we have some river cruising and all of it was really, really popular. And I just, the the biggest story is just people are traveling, the holidays are busy um, and everyone seems to be moving again. Yeah. It's, it's been a great scene for the travel industry just to see that bounce back and the resurgence happen and more and more people travel, you know, it's always nice, but yeah, you know, for me, what jumped out really on on the year as a whole was pricing. You know, the cost of damn near everything continued to just skyrocket so much in 2023. It really felt like you know, it's, and studies did find throughout the year that people were more hesitant to book summer vacations and holiday adventures due to the higher costs across all sectors. But as you said, I mean, people still traveled. It didn't really slow slow a lot of down. I mean, it resulted in some companies getting some record profits because you know, no surprise there, they gotta you know get money back. So I guess you know. Pricing isn't going to slow down anytime, but yeah, people traveled a ton in 2023 and I don't see that slowing down, nor do I really see prices dropping much in that regard. And that was a worry a few years ago was uh, when people stopped traveling, what does that mean for these companies when they come back? And I think across the the globe, we found out that they need to make their money back, but also the the value of the dollar went down. Um, But as I mentioned, cruising was still up. And that was one of the markets where the pricing stayed pretty consistent to pre-pandemic levels. Um, The the quick getaway to the Caribbean on on an ocean liner was was very popular and and actually very, you know, uh, economical for the traveler. So while many other destinations, flights, 
hotels and, and in resorts, you know, they were affected by inflation. Cruising was was relatively untouched. Now, I'm not talking about the premium cabins, the premium itineraries, uh, the nicest ships. You know, that that still is there if you want that upgraded experience. But um, one of the biggest reasons uh, cruising was so big in 2023 was it was relatively unaffected by by inflation. Yeah, it was quite the bounce back for them. We'll go ahead and jump into cruising now. It was record profits in 2023 for the major cruise lines. Um, yeah, I think we'll see big numbers again for 2024. Carnival Corp saw a quarterly revenue hit an all-time high of $6.9 billion and occupancy levels across the sector really topped 100% at times for multiple lines. So the good news keeps coming too. As I said, you know, there's um, insight and data for 2024 voyages. They're expected to reach record levels too and surpass the pre-pandemic totals. So 2024 is going to be a banner year for cruising. Even 2025 bookings are, are going to be looking great for cruise lines, you know, by the end of 2024, when we're here a year from now recapping what 2024 was and looking ahead to 2025, I th- think we'll also be talking about, wow, cruising is, you know, not slowing down and, and the 2025 bookings are, are coming up too. So. And a lot of that also has to do with, there's a lot of cool things on the horizon for cruising. Uh, many of the big, big companies are coming out with new ships, uh, different offerings on their ships. Now these ships are going to be huge. They are massive, massive uh, boats with tons to do. So if you're into activities uh, and you're into the new and and if you have a, a favorite cruise line, well, chances are there's something new coming out for you this year. It just came out at the end of this year, Royal Caribbean, uh, Disney. Disney is, is has some some new boats that, that just look in insanely cool with what they're doing for for families. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We get Disney Treasure, I think, is tapped for like the end of 2024, and then kicking off 2024 is uh, Royal Caribbean's new world's largest cruise ship with Icon of the Seas. So that's going to be yeah that that sold out like super fast as soon as it was announced, and it's going to be and talk about insane levels of of cruising and uh, the ships being destinations unto themselves. That is exactly what that ship is going to be. So I'll be on that for the media preview in um, late January. So I'm really excited about that to experience. So yeah. Yeah. Work perks are, are, are nice. So I, <laughs> I will be experiencing that to see what all that is about and do some video and have sort of stuff up on travelpulse.com. So our viewers can certainly check that out. And I'll recap on the podcast uh, the following week about that. But a lot of hype is around that ship, as is really the cruise industry in general. And really all of travel. It's been quite a resurgence around. And, you know, we can't talk travel resurgence without talking travel advisor resurgence as well. So the demand for travel advisors has been on the rise. And also the need for more travel advisors to be hired as well, too. Back in May, you had Asta used a $250,000 donation from Norwegian Cruise Line to try to attract new talent. In June, Virtuoso launched the Virtuoso Advisor Recruitment Program. Also this year, you had Asta. They launched a, essentially a top suppliers list, if you will. It was a list that focused on suppliers who pay timely commissions, which generated a lot of buzz and had some surprises on there too. From what I recall, a lot of advisors uh, and their feedback when it first came out, I reached out to several people, you included. So yeah, to get their thoughts on you know who pays timely commissions. But really, the travel advisor resurgence has been one to watch. And it's been great that you know the demand is there for the advisor and people are understanding their value and the need to use a travel advisor. But you know, it's kind of making things a little hectic for you too. I'm sure Ryan is, you know, that demand, it means, you know, you need help at times. So Ryan, what are your thoughts on the state of the travel advisor industry? It's, it's, it's a great place to be right now. Again, with the increased number of travelers, well, there's more bookings that need to be made. Um, I will, you know, urge our consumers to make sure you are vetting the advisor you're using. We have to find someone that's knowledgeable and, and has a, a good book of business and history of business to make sure it, uh, 
it helps with your travel plans. So as a consumer, make sure to ask your questions and, and find the right advisor for you. But competition is good. Competition is good in any industry, but especially travel. And this competition will help um, airlines uh, operate at a better capacity. And, and they also had their own uh, hiring resurgence where they needed flight attendants, new pilots coming in, re- you know, pilots coming back out of retirement. Um, but all, all of this competition in the travel industry will just help spur better, better benefits for everybody. And, and as new advisors, you now have, uh, you know, some places to look where you, you can compare the offerings, whether it's salary, the benefit to yourself. Um, but uh, more jobs is obviously great for our country as well. And then we can help get everything back to normal. So hopefully that this trend does continue in general. Yeah, I think it will. I don't think things are slowing down on that front. Uh, overall, there is a general uh, positive outlook for the future of the agency landscape. That was what through our sister publication, Travel Weekly, they ran their annual survey on sort of the state of the industry stuff. And that's what it showed. The ultimate results there was that, you know, it was a positive outlook. And I, I love that for the travel advisor industry. And I also love that any event that I went to this year, conference-wise things, you saw a lot of travel agents coming together, bonding, and really helping each other out. There's not a whole lot of like negative aspects uh, on that. So I really love to see that every time I'm at conferences and events is advisors helping advisors. Well, there's a big story for 2023 as well. The The Travi Awards once again kicked off and, yeah. and was an amazing event gathering uh, hoteliers, airlines, uh, rental car companies and travel agents alike all together and, you know, get dolled up and dressed up. Uh, it looked like a fabulous event. I, I know you might have a few words to, to comment on that, but awesome, awesome 2023. And you're right. It brings a lot of people together and a lot of people working together. Yeah, the Travis was a, a great one. As always, the Oscars of the travel industry is what we like to refer to that there. And or it was the uh, beginning of November, and we shined a light on the best of the best in the travel industry, as voted on by the travel advisors, aka the original true travel influencers out there, as I like to refer to them. So that was that was a fun time. Always a good time to, to get together with the industry and, and celebrate the best of the best and hand out awards and everything. And and yeah, again, good to see a lot of advisors there continuing to help. And that's attached to the Cruise World event as well. So a lot of advisors helping advisors too at that Cruise World event on that. So yeah, if you're a consumer listening and you're considering travel, you know, could look into being a travel advisor because there's a lot of agencies out there that need help. Continuing on with other trending news in the year of 2023, we have to talk about the disasters and the tragedies. There was ongoing war in Ukraine, the terrorist attacks from Hamas leading to war in Israel, resulting in a major travel impact of airlines and cruise lines altering itineraries. You had the Morocco earthquake, the Maui wildfires. There was also the Ocean Gate, too, with that submarine explosion. So, Ryan, there's there's heartbreaking news every year, but 2023 seemed to just have more of its share of devastating stories. I don't don't know if that's just my take because I'm in the news a lot, but what stood out to you this year, Ryan? There were were a lot of very, very sad and noticeable stories. The the submarine disaster was was one we commented on a few months ago. There were wildfires, uh, Hawaii, Canada as well, and, um, you know, Every year, it seems to, there, there seems to be an anti-push somewhere, but earlier this year, there was also an anti-push towards Mexico, um, and Torres traveling to Mexico with a heightened sense of security, which, you know, is smart to advise that, but it is causing a lot of disruption. It did cause a lot of disruption, but, you know, the most devastating has to be just continued war now in multiple regions uh, of the globe, and 
not only is it a loss of life, assets, a waste of money, uh, culture, the buildings, the artwork, everything, and, and people, um, but behind the scenes, it, it, it also affects many other parts just in the travel industry. Um, and some things I can highlight on are, even though there's a war going on in Israel, um, or near Israel, we're, we're affecting destinations like Egypt, um, where cruise lines have to change their itineraries um, and, and remap it. But not only are is that jumping more work through for the cruise lines on their marketing paperwork, getting all, all uh, everything that they need to do to get allowed into these uh, destinations and to fulfill these itineraries, but also as a consumer and as a traveler, if Egypt was on your bucket list, um, maybe you're reconsidering going somewhere that's totally unrelated to the to a war zone. Um, but also, you know, Israel is a pretty cultural Mecca yeah. and probably one of the biggest uh, drawers from people globally to come visit. And, you know, maybe people are reconsidering that. So that affects the airlines and uh, that are going into these different, these different cities. But again, the, the, the waste of life, the waste of resources is the biggest heartache and, um, I think a lot of it also, you ask like, what's this have to do? Why are we seeing all these stories? You know, social media is so easy to share things nowadays. And it's also becoming such a thing where it's almost numbing us. Like we're seeing these horrific stories, um, especially right now with the, the, the war in Israel and against Hamas and, and, and Palestine. But um, we're seeing something almost daily and it's so easy just to fly right through it. It's becoming a new normal to to hear about these horrible, horrible tragedies. I just hope we're not becoming totally, totally numb to uh, these very, very hard uh, news stories. Agreed. Yeah, it's the easy thing to just scroll past and try to forget, you know, on social media. But this is real stuff and real impacting and it's devastating. So we certainly hope for brighter days ahead and more positivity in 2024. In other big travel news in 2023, we have to discuss the mergers and acquisitions side of things. The JetBlue Spirit Saga, which was um, in 2022, you know, they, they threw out that $3.8 billion number on there. But then in March of 2023 here, the U.S. Justice Department filed a lawsuit to stop JetBlue Airways from buying Spirit Airlines, saying that the planned merger would put travel out of reach for many cost-conscious travelers. The trial ended in December with the judge not giving a final verdict, but did he did say that the fares would likely rise if the merger takes place and it would eliminate Spirit's low-cost ticket offerings that have historically undercut everyone else and drove down prices. So TBD on what's going to happen there in 2024 with that one, but uh, I'm sure JetBlue would, and Spirit would appreciate you know some positive news on that front, but it's not looking so good. And then in December, kind of an 11th hour moment in the, at the end of the year here, Alaska Airlines announced that it was going to buy Hawaiian Airlines uh, TBD on how that one shakes out and if the government tries to block it or not as well. And then the last big one in the merger side of things, Choice Hotels uh, attempted pretty much a hostile takeover of Wyndham. Uh, reports service in May that Choice Hotels International was interested in acquiring Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. The situation dissolved into a hostile takeover attempt, essentially, with Wyndham rejecting the deal and claiming it would not benefit its stockholders. So that doesn't seem like it's a story that's going away anytime soon. So We'll see how that change shakes out in 2024 as well. But Ryan, your thoughts on the mergers and travel in 2023 and, and what merger do you think could happen next? Or, or rather, maybe is there a merger that would you think would make sense for the industry if you you know had all the power? <laughs> you know, besides the ones you mentioned, it also seems like uh, there's a bit of an issue between the previous merger, JetBlue and American Airlines. Yep. Uh, TBD on that, what's going to happen there. But 
My opinion on, on mergers, there's a little bit of positive and a little bit of negative. Um, I think that the positives that come out of it are, you know, shared airline systems, maybe an upgraded system for one airline or, or the other and uh, restaffing. And when you restaff and, and you combine, you, you kind of keep the best, I think, in, in a lot of cases, you might take a look at both sides and, and the best people, but also the best practices. Um, so there, there are some positives that come with these mergers, but I'm also a little bit uh, nervous about a lot of the hoteliers, like standard hotels, getting into the all-inclusive market. Um, we saw Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, they're all entering the, the all-inclusive market, and it's very smart that they do so. They need to add the all-inclusive to their portfolio. I'm a little nervous about what it means for the travel advisor and how we uh, work forward um, as a middleman between you know those companies and their direct uh, people they're they're marketing to. Um, and I and I just hope that as a travel advisor, we're not we're not cut out at some point, you know, with the direct marketing right to them, because that there is, you know, that, that fear that you now have access to other hotels that used to be in different chains that you're now operating and you now have a direct path to offer better points, uh, more points, better rates, whatever. And, and in most cases, they don't want to hurt uh, a travel, the travel agent. Um, they, they understand our benefits too, but it is something to that. That makes me a little nervous on the horizon because, just we as uh, consumers, as people, we like our status. Um, if you're a Delta premium flyer, you like you like going on Delta. You like that the little extra perks that they're going to give you. Um, and you know, if you're if you're Hyatt and you now have all inclusive uh, offerings, which they have a ton now, um, maybe you as a consumer just want to keep earning your points, raise your status. Maybe you believe you get better perks out of it. So that's that's another interesting merger uh, that that I have my eyes on. Just maybe to the idea of merge, merging um, and over and overtaking the all inclusive market a little bit. Yeah, great input there. Hadn't really thought too much about that, but yeah, that was a big push. You know, we saw a lot this year of those uh, big brands really jumping into that space. So certainly, will be intriguing to watch how that plays out in twenty twenty four because the all inclusive market is massive. It's not slowing down. It's not a surprise at all that Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt, you know, the big three brands there are trying to do what they can to break into that mold. And I'm with you. I hope they don't try to, you know, cut out the advisor because they're, they, as we discussed earlier in the show, they provide immensive value and we don't need that at all. But again, you know, when it comes to mergers and acquisitions, that's always going to be a thing, especially in the travel industry here. So I'm intrigued to see what will happen in 2024 on that front. I don't think it'll be as big as 2023's, you know, merger discussion talking points, but who knows, you know, a lot has changed uh, since post-pandemic time here, and we shall see how things shake out, as we will with uh, the fees, fees and travel, both in destinations charging new fees, and then also the Junk Fees Act and the hidden fees stuff and everything there. Back in March, two U.S. senators introduced the Junk Fee Prevention Act, which would require hotels and other short-term lodging providers to disclose the full price up front. And then destination-wise, you had Hawaii was considering a fee, adding a fee throughout the year. Uh, Venice added in a new fee that's going to take effect next year. So a lot of destinations jumping in on that train. Your, your thoughts on junk fees, Ryan? And do you think there's any destination that could or should really add a tourist fee next? I have some positive. I have some negative ways to look at this too. And I, I think a positive light when it comes to uh, other destinations or even something like Hawaii I feel like a lot of that money might be put back towards something good, whether it's fixing in infrastructure, the roads, uh, maybe it goes towards a new hotel um, in, in the Bahamas. 
Um, or, you know, maybe they're collecting, like I know Mexico does, they, they might be collecting a dollar or two per person um, towards the, uh, they have their eco tax. So if we're disclosing it and we know what it's going towards, in many cases, this can do some good. I actually think that the, the, the countries and maybe it's more states that, that do the most unnecessary taxing is the United States um, in their hotel tax. Yeah. And somewhere like New York, New York City, you know, you're paying a, 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 a convenience and a resort tax and you're in a high rise in New York City. Uh, <laughs> what resort am I taking advantage of? It's, is it really $20 a day for the bottle of water you put in my room? So it's like there, there are some destinations where it is frivolous. It seems frivolous. Uh, Florida, uh, you know, you can save some money by staying off site at Disney World. But then when you check out, you just pay 45 bucks in, in quote unquote taxes. And uh, what, what are those taxes for? And, and sometimes it, it is a little frivolous. But Again, if we're collecting money that goes towards to the, the country to help make the country better, uh, I'm all for it as long as it's not frivolous. But to my understanding, it seems like it, it's hopefully fixing uh, how we work with nature in, in, in these d- different destinations and, and even maybe the infrastructure. But if some of these junk taxes are not are highlighting something else, I would love to know. So please, please fill me in. Yeah, on the destinations adding in fees, I'm all for that as long as we know that where that money is going is being put to good use as we discussed here time and time again. So I think Hawaii should do that tourist fee. It was a, they were uh, trying to figure out like it's $50. was like a one-time fee for adults. And it really was to help, you know, with nature and the trails and all that stuff. So I was all for it when it was announced. Nothing has come of it yet. It's still, you know, in the government side of things there. So maybe they will, maybe they won't, you know, we'll see how that happens in 2024, but I'm all for destinations, adding tourism fees provided we know that that money is actually being put to good use. Yeah. So, Ryan, as we talk about 2023 here, what surprised you the most this year in travel? You gave me a few uh, great highlights here, and I, I think we have to touch on all of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Disney-DeSantis feud. Wow. What a silly, silly thing. And while I, I can't speak for people from Florida, I'm not from there. I don't know our thoughts on it, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, unnecessary spending on what we're targeting in this case. And I even saw a week ago, he wanted to go after college football for how Florida state was uh, left out of the college playoffs. So that's a different story. It's not travel related, but you know, just to maybe highlight some of the unnecessary use of funds there. But, and that's not to say I'm anti DeSantis either, because I actually thought the way that they handled uh, the pandemic a few years ago by not closing everything down and by leaving stores open was really, really beneficial to our country, but also beneficial to their people. So not to say that I'm anti-DeSantis, but this targeting of Disney is certainly uh, what was questionable uh, and and unnecessary use of time and funds. Um, Yeah, the back and forth there just seemed really odd at times throughout the year. And for anyone listening who needs a little bit of more context is that uh, Disney had, you know, their own oversight committee, essentially, where they could kind of make their own rules or whatever. And, um, they put out, you know, a thing against Florida's, you know, don't say gay bill and everything and that upset DeSantis. And then he tried to strip them of their uh, oversight committee um, rule stuff. And then Disney pulled out a clause from like, you know, as long as the monarchy is going around, like that was a weird one too that happened. And there's a whole lot of weird back and forth on this that just seemed uh, intriguing. I it was, it was a weird one, but a fun one at the same time. If you, if you, you know, 
like the drama of things, I guess, but it it generated some clicks for us throughout the year, and, and people were fascinated by it and, and loved to comment it. Everyone had a strong opinion about it one way or the other, it really seemed, every time we posted a story of updates on that front. And, and the more it talked about it, actually, the more that Disney seems to be unwilling to then spend their own funds because they're they're funding a court battle. So I actually think it makes their product suffer a little bit with in terms of new rides, new shows, new offerings, because they're worried about uh, politics and then what they're going to have to redo for this overseeing committee. So it was a really a, a big mess for, for them as well. Um, moving on, another story that I love uh, that's surprised me a bit is the maybe the willingness to put money into rail travel in the united states um after being in europe uh about a month ago uh you realize how easy it is to get around via high-speed rail uh japan and and asia same same idea where you hop on low cost uh, and you are moving throughout the country at a very fast rate. It also cuts down the number of cars briefly and, you know, it gets people moving. So there's a lot of good to rail and something that Florida is doing really well is the, their sun rail and, and, and everything down there connecting Miami to Orlando and, and other really? cities, uh, making it easier for tourists, but also their, their, their locals to get around and, and work in, and go to different cities. So I'm a big fan of the the possibility of more rail travel and, and hopefully that comes to fruition yeah biden administration signed it in so that's it's a lock we're, we're investing towards it it's going to be billions of dollars it's going to take a long time but certainly hope that some of these routes you know really get made and we have actual high-speed rail in the u.s uh the airlines probably would love to see that go mm-hmm. away but uh, i digress and uh, speaking of billions yep. though we have to talk about how taylor swift's takeover of travel really in all of 2023 she was times person of the year and she impacted the travel industry in a big way which was another thing that really surprised me i knew she had a concert going on and people it's popular people are going to attend it and everything but i didn't know how crazy popular it was actually going to be and we saw that this year as taylor swift fans dished out five billion dollars in direct spending through the first 20 tour dates she had uh, and the u.s travel association believed that the total economic impact could be higher than 10 billion dollars Concert goers spent an average of $1,300 on travel, accommodations, food, and more. So Taylor Swift just absolutely dominated the travel industry, and it's going to happen again next year as she goes to a uh, international tour, and a lot of people are traveling from the States to go visit her, you know, see, see her perform in Europe. Personally, I already know of multiple people that are traveling to Vienna to see Taylor Swift in concert. Uh, and you know, even here, just in the United States, I, I live on the Eastern part of Pennsylvania and people are driving across state to see a concert in Pittsburgh, you know, uh, throughout the year. Yeah. So she, she has that staying power and it's going even more, uh, than music at this point. She's also inf- infiltrating the NFL. And I think that, uh, people <laughs> that are fans of her might be following the chiefs everywhere they go too. So there might be an uptick in, uh, you know, some other football cities as well. Yeah, trying to get a glimpse of their favorite pop star. (laughs) Certainly interesting. Set sail towards a year filled with unforgettable moments that are beyond ordinary. Indulge yourself with a Windstar cruise in 2024. Picture yourself on a boutique, all-sweet yachts, or envision sailing to enchanting destinations across Europe, the Caribbean, and beyond on a sailboat carrying 148 to 342 guests. Embark on an award-winning experience filled with culinary palate-pleasing delights onboard and offshore. Take advantage of incredible offers now, Contact your travel advisor today or visit winstarcruises.com. 
So that was what surprised us a little bit on the year. Love to hear from you, podcast at travelpulse.com. What surprised you this year in travel? And what was your destination of the year in 2023? I'd love to know that. Let's dive into what's Ryan's destination of the year of 2023. Do tell, do tell. I think if we're talking in terms of travelers and consumers, Greece was definitely the destination of the year. Uh, It was popular on cruising. It was popular for honeymooners, families, uh, I. I can't really point to why. Maybe there was just a push towards getting a little bit of history and culture into there. But Greece was really, really up and and we're thankful for it because we had a ton of travelers that, that went to that destination. Me personally, my destination of the year, I just got off a river cruise and I had a an amazing, amazing time in, in Austria, uh, specifically Vienna. Uh, that's where I spent most of my time, but I adored the Christmas markets. It's a, a new niche that I'm hoping I can sell uh, to okay. future travelers and being on my first river cruise that was with Avalon waterways. Um, awesome, awesome little getaway. And for me, it was, it was something I was looking forward to for the past year. Cause I knew from the previous Christmas, 2022, that that was going to be my big getaway for uh, 2023. Um, and, and I had just an amazing time that the food, the, the buildings, the, the way the architecture, everything is designed, um, a very easy city to get around, very clean. And then just being there for the holidays and the different Christmas markets. Um, also, I was really pleasantly surprised at how well the dollar traveled over there. Uh, the cost of food, the cost of beer, and I'm a big beer fan, and the cost of wine and all the hot wine we had. Um, souvenirs, uh, our, our dollar was really, really well spent. And many things that I think uh, I would have here, whether it was at a Christmas market or just anywhere, uh, was probably half the cost uh, in in Austria and, and even a big city like Vienna. And I, I can't say I was prepared for that, but I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Hey, there you go. So Ryan's picking a recent one, although it was in your mindset all of 2023 because you had booked early it was. savvy savvy <laughs> there so that you know plays a factor for sure in the level of excitement yeah. and also who you're with too always key uh, so for, for me you know greece absolutely yeah seemed like it was everyone was there especially the summer i just felt like so much so much of greece over the summer posts and everything uh, it's on my list for 2024 as i have to get back there and i owe my wife a trip back there it's our 10 year anniversary next year so we went to Greece on our honeymoon, so got to get back to Greece. As we said that 10 years ago, that on our 10-year anniversary, we'd, we'd go back to Greece. So got to awesome. gotta get that in the work. So I might chat with you after this. But uh, for me, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> after this, but uh, for me, yeah, the Caribbean was was a massive, you know, destination region that really skyrocketed again in 2023. So that was, you know, you could pick a number of different places at, at there to pick your destination of the year. But you know, for me personally wise on where I traveled and stuff, I got to go all the way back to my first international trip of the year, first big one. And that was Portugal. That was another destination. It's, um, it was really underrated, you know, pre-pandemic and, you know, kind of get got a uh, resurgence there a little bit, was getting on a lot of people's radars in 2019. And then, you know, obviously the pandemic happened. And then this year, I just feel like, you know, similar to Greece, everywhere I turned, someone was going to Portugal, talking about Portugal, saying they were booking Portugal. It just was a destination that was very hot throughout the year. So, Put it on your radars. I hope that uh, we'll be getting back there for Portugal's travel marketplace next year. Uh, so looking forward to that. So uh, again, at podcast.travelpost.com, let me know your destination of the year. And let me know your crazy client requests out there too. If you didn't jump in on the uh, Travel Pulse Facebook post that I did, I-, I asked our Travel Pulse Facebook followers, 
you know, what was the craziest client request this year? And the results were pretty hilarious. Uh, Ryan, do you have any personal crazy re requests that you got this year? Should we dive into, you know, some of the more interesting ones that were posted on Facebook? You know, there, there's nothing to out there that, that completely jumps out, but you know, un, unattainable budgets, you know, that sometimes what people think that the, the cost of travel is, uh, is, no. <laughs> their, their hopes are for something that's 30 or 40 years ago. And, and I get it, you know, travel is, is, is something that we all want to do, but if you don't do it often, you might not realize what certain things cost. Um, one of the comments on, on the post that really made me laugh a little bit was, uh, a 40 person destination wedding travel to Mexico. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody showed up except the bride and groom. Um, and I have to, be completely honest i i've never had something quite like that and i don't know if it was unexpected or explained but we have we have destination wedding couples that break up right before travel uh, it doesn't happen often but i would say maybe once a year we have we have somebody okay. that puts it off and i don't know if that was the case here but getting to the destination waiting to see uh, a wedding and the bride and groom don't show up for whatever reason it's got to be has got to be startling and confusing uh, for, for many. Yeah, um, that one got the most reactions there on on the post, was which was that was from Time for Travel. So shout out to Time for Travel on that. Quite the popular post on there. They said the clients requested to stay and make it a vacation minus the wedding event. So everyone stayed, including the couple's parents. So that was very interesting uh, <laughs> situation. And they decided, you know what? We paid for this. We're coming on vacation. We're having a great vacation. And what wedding so when they got back home i'm sure the stories were wild and i'm sure the talking points and discussions over you know margaritas or endless uh drinks at the all-inclusive property wherever they were is what i'm assuming by this being yeah yeah she said all-inclusive in mexico that's right in yeah, mexico, so, yeah. yeah so i'm sure there were quite some interesting discussions that entire week but yeah, that that one took the the top spot for the reactions as well. But I mean, I got to read a couple other of these off because there's there's too funny. I mean, these these client requests are certainly out there, and we love to hear about these. It's always a, a highlight too at the end of the year. It's just you know fun way to look back and recap. And I'm sure all of these people who posted on this Facebook post have tremendous clients and have great stories too. But you know, it's fun to look at these ones too. So we got to go to Holly who posted and said she had a client who didn't want to stay in any hotel rooms in Italy that had blue wallpaper. Okay. All right there. And then we go to Amelia next. She had a client ask her personally to move the location of her bed in a cruise cabin. I had to explain to her that I was in Alabama and couldn't make her request happen. And I also had to explain that the beds are bolted to the floor and cannot face the balcony. Poor Amelia. That's that's an interesting client. I wonder if that client is still her client. <laughs> and then we go to the lastly to Sue. This one jumped out to me as um pretty interesting as I had been on some drink diets before. This is... Uh, <laughs> A couple called my coworker saying they're on a diet when they drink two protein drinks a day. Can we call Oceana to ask if they will supply them with 48 specific protein drinks? Or if not, can they bring 40 of their own on board? Okay, then. That's, um, you're on vacation, you know, Sue's clients, maybe just uh, forget about your protein drink diet and uh just try week. to do one yeah week one week and maybe just that, maybe. right yeah maybe you don't overindulge on the the sweets and the treats but you know there are plenty of healthy food options on cruise ships so uh, that that one was certainly um interesting on that one but we love love to hear from a Here, here's yeah. one more one more good okay, one yeah. that, that jumped got? out a little bit uh from karen client was considering a seven to ten day mediterranean cruise uh karen advised that the biggest cost would be the the flight to Europe and her client responded back, I have to fly to Europe. Well, 
Uh, if you're from the United States, most likely you don't have to fly, but it's you could get on a boat, but I, yeah. easier. Um, and, and I did have one of those, uh, you know, that's not this, it might've been January. Um, we had a wedding in Cancun, um, traveler from the Northeast, uh, United States didn't want to fly there. Well, I would not suggest driving all the way through Eastern United States to go, you know, then all the way around Mexico. Uh, it's just, just not an easy way to get there. So yes, you, you do have to fly to get to certain destinations. Right. Yeah. Oh, some people forget that. Uh, we did this a year ago and some of the quotes on there were, um, is there a bridge to Hawaii? Can I drive to Hawaii? There you go. Those are always, yep. those are always interesting. And also interesting. We have to jump over now to our, naughtiest travelers of the year so we have a trend page naughty passengers and talk about them throughout the year there were certainly more this year that we probably didn't touch on as much but we definitely hit some of the more viral ones and those jump out and speaking of viral probably she's not you know the naughtiest person on the year here but certainly one of the more humorous and uh, definitely the pride of the most viral here was the viral crazy lady as she became known to be called as the viral crazy plain lady uh, went on a social media frenzy uh, or created a social media frenzy, should I say, after she lost her uh, cool, I guess, on the plane. She just kind of lost her mind a little bit there and just started screaming uh, that she needed to get off the plane and was looking back and was shouting that that mother effer is not real. And that created a ton of memes. And it was uh, that was the summertime. And it would she went on quite the tirade and um, yeah, it was, it was a good time on social media there for all of us who are not anyone on that plane, but anyone on that plane was probably a little frustrated that, you know, they were delayed and had that whole experience happen. And here's your reminder to not act a fool when you're on a plane or in an airport and anywhere public, you know, take a chill. Someone is going to bust out their phone and, and, and catch you. And so just, you know, remember to take a breather. Uh, don't, don't blow up in front of people. It's going to end up somewhere. But my favorite meme, I think of that moment, um, he's not real. That guy's not real. And then they, they panned there. They did a cut to oh, a yeah. Scooby-Doo movie with Scooby-Doo and like the grandma old lady outfit. And yeah, it just, it just cracked me up because he is a CGI Scooby Doo, but also, how did he get on a plane without a ticket? You know, right. how how did how did we get that dog uh, dressed up as someone else's uh, you know personality in, in in the plane? So many unasked questions from the from the Scooby Doo film. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, some other naughty travelers this year. People in Italy they need to they need to chill the f out. Like, what is going on in Italy? There were more foreign tourists just trashing Italy. Uh, historic monuments throughout the year that we there were multiple s- stories of that situation so just calm down in italy stop drinking so much wine i don't know what's going on there but stop defacing property just chill out you're in europe you're in italy for christ's sakes i mean what's going on there i don't know and then uh, an interesting one just recently happened uh, a passenger smuggled a cat on board a cruise ship this happened in uh Royal Caribbeans, and they were going from Hawaii to Australia, and it was um, that's a long cruise to to do. Somehow the cat was tucked under someone's shirt or something, and got on board, and then was discovered, and then had to be quarantined. And they thought they were going to have to euthanize the cat, but shout out to Royal Caribbean, they covered all the costs of all the fees to keep a cat there, and then someone they brought it back um, to the port. And basically sailed halfway around the world, and then someone adopted the cat. So there was a positive, you know, ending there. But I mean, just smuggling a cat on a cruise ship, like, but what? Uh, people, man, I don't get it. 
it's you know there, there's a lot of crazy cruise line stories and one one you know a naughty nautical story you like that <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. naughty nautical so carnival cruise lines actually cracking down on rowdy travelers and um that's a plus because while yeah. we all want to have some fun you know there there is a possibility to have uh, a night or your trip ruined by somebody who's going a little overboard so major thumbs up to uh, carnival for, for you know rewriting some policy and and keeping an eye out for these things to make it so everybody can have an enjoyable experience on on you know their vacation definitely so shout out to carnival there and hopefully the airlines can get their selves under control at times to uh, prevent some of these naughty travelers from disrupting planes and people trying to open up plane doors and and the worst of the worst probably was the off-duty pilot this year who uh, was charged with 83 counts of attempted murder as he tried to basically shut off an Alaska Airlines plane engine. So that was a horrible story there. But again, yes, airlines, you know, that's that's an off-duty pilot. But there's also plenty of stories of drunk passengers just being irate and ridiculous on planes. So hopefully we get less of that in 2024, even though they generate, you know, some good clicks on the website. I would much rather those stories go away. I'll admit that. Yeah, stop deterring people from travel. Most pilots are good. (laughs) Indeed. So as we wrap up the show here, Ryan, we got to look ahead to 2024. And what are your predictions for travel in 2024? We've touched on things a little bit here and there, but now it's, you know, zero in on prediction time. What you got? So I have a few that are jumping out to me. First, uh, it wasn't a quote unquote banner year in, in some instances for Disney parks. Um, and I actually kind of expect that that to continue, uh, until they decide to make some changes and their biggest competitor universal, Mm -hmm. uh, is coming out with the biggest and the best in 2025. So we're going to hear a lot about Epic universe in 2024 and until Disney decides what they want to do to combat this and really, uh, come to, come to the the plate with some new offerings and, and really put, the pedal to the metal in terms of what they're actually going to build. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if uh, people are going to be really positively uh, traveling to Disney and they're always going to have a ton of sales. They're always going to be busy parks, but in terms of what they're looking for and, and the record numbers that they want, they really are going to have to step up uh, their new offering. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen and it doesn't seem like they're really going to be pushing too much new for next year, uh, but hopefully, you know, maybe some announcements are on the horizon. Yeah, they did. Um, they did say that they were going to do their biggest expansion ever. Um, sure. For for Magic Kingdom, but we don't know what that is. So they may announce yeah. that next year. But yeah, as people actually going there, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they got to do something because yeah, a lot of people are going to be going to Universal and Epic Universe in a brand new park in 2025. So how do you combat that? You got to counter with something, something new. We'll see. And they will, I, you know, and, oh, and they yeah. will. It's just yeah. when are they going to make the announcements? When are they going to push it through? Um, I also, you know, Mexico, the Caribbean were such huge destinations for 2023. But I actually think that in 2024, it's going to be bigger uh, oh, for okay. the all-inclusive market. Um, I actually think it's going to go up. And mostly just because everybody was able to travel to Mexico as the first country out right. of lockdown. Um and yeah, I think numbers there might have been a little bit of year. fatigue, a little bit of fatigue yeah. um, in terms of uh, going right back to somewhere that everybody was able to get to. Um, and then, you know, the Caribbean was next th- to open up. Um, it, it, and maybe in 2023, there were other places to go, whether it was going back on a cruise or going to Europe, like we touched on earlier. So I actually think 2024 has a lot of positive outlooks uh, for the all-inclusive market in Mexico and the Caribbean. 
Good, good. I'm glad you went positive route there because the way you started that yeah. sentence off, I was like, are we getting another down prediction here, Ryan? No, no. I am not for this. Man. We need some positive predictions. In. And then you came through there. I I agree with you. I think all-inclusive market's going to skyrocket again in 24. And for me, you know, the TSA, they set a record of 2.9 million passengers for Thanksgiving weekend in 2023. So I was 100K people shy of my 2022 prediction being correct. So we're going to roll it over. We're going to roll Roll it over, and I'm going to say that we'll hit 3 million passengers screened by the TSA in one day over Thanksgiving weekend 2024. Book it. Let's go. Let's make it happen, people. Travel. Can we sports bet that like everything else uh, in the NFL? <laughs> right. These yeah, days? we should, right? We totally, that, we that should be a thing. <laughs> well, well, yeah, some offshore accounts or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also think that uh, family, multi-generational travel, and birthday groups and celebration groups um, seem to be on the rise a little bit. And, uh, even you were just talking about, you know, going back to revisit where you honeymooned. Um, I think a lot of that is, is on the, on the market for 2024, whether these celebrations, these different celebration groups where it might not be the 50 room wedding, but maybe it's a, a 10 to 15 room couples retreat or something like that. So I really, I think people want to travel together and we'll find reason to do so. Yes. And groups are big. So we, we, we love that in the travel industry and all my travel advisor friends, you know, get your big commissions on those groups. So Ryan, man, this was great. Recap 23, look to 24. What's your advice to our travel advisor listeners for 2024? Close it down. Keep, keep uh, generating knowledge and market yourself. Uh, I'm not talking about posting a special, but uh, talk about what you're selling, what interests you. You really want to uh, attract your, your new consumers or new leads, share what you're interested in, share yourself, uh, your day-to-day life. People like to do business with people they like or people they know. Mm-hmm. They don't even necessarily have to like you, but maybe that you just come across knowledgeable. Um, so, you know, keep marketing yourself, uh, again, not necessarily a sale, but what, what you're into. And I think that can help you grow and take some coursework, go attend, uh, a knowledge event, uh, we talked about Portugal previously. They did such a great push to getting advisors in destination of, you know, familiarization trip. Take some, go, go visit a new country, you know, take advantage of these opportunities. That's one of the best parts about being a travel advisor is seeing new destinations and experiencing new. So take advantage of something new um, and, you know, major thumbs up to Portugal. I, I didn't get a chance to hop in there, but thank you for putting the advisor out there because I think as you mentioned, if it's a hot destination and people are now seeing other people go there, well, that was money that airlines, hoteliers, their tourism board plugged into the market. So maybe more of that from different destinations. If you think you uh, need to raise some sales, let's let's get some advisors out there to see your product, and you know that'd be, that be that could be really beneficial to to multiple different sectors in this in this industry. And that goes back to one of our biggest storylines of the year: the travel advisor resurgence. So yes, suppliers out there, lean lean into your advisors; they can do wonders. So, and I like that too, the advice, you know, just put yourself out there, you know, sell you, you know, market you, and then in turn, that will help your sales for your for travel advisors out there. And yeah, get to someplace new. Everyone should go one new place every year. So hopefully you can make that happen in 2024. I've got a very long list of where I want to go new. So we'll, we'll <laughs> see what happens in that front on that, but cause I will be revisiting plenty Fingers of destinations crossed. and as, as the conference circuit happens and hope to see many of you out there for sure on that. And hopefully everyone has the wonderful rest of their 2023, uh, no show next week for the first week of 2024, but I'll be back after that before I go on a uh, vacation with my in-laws. Wish me luck. people. <laughs>
Thanks oh, again it's for gonna uh, be great. It's yeah. gonna be great. Oh, it is. It is. I'll be at Disney, so it's okay. Yeah, I get oh, to perfect. yeah see the see the you know magic of Disney through my uh, soon to be four year old, and then my, also you my already got to uh, knock down my twenty twenty four prediction. So I, again, I don't want it to come to fruition. So let's get people there. So I'm happy to be wrong. You know, minutes into the the calendar year. So thank thank you for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a positive note, if anybody wants to connect, I'm on Instagram Ryan's with an S. Ryan's on the road. I love connecting with travelers and, and agents and hotelers alike. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Um, but if you also want to email, if you are a consumer looking for, you know, a getaway, I'm Ryan at vacations again with an S Ryan at vacations by VIP.com and or link up with me on Instagram. Ryan's on the road. Thanks so much, Ryan, for joining and talking all things travel here on the travel pulse podcast. I talk to you in 2024. Indeed. As well, listeners, thank you so much for listening throughout the year. And again, it's podcast at travelpulse.com if you'd like to get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you out there. And if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.